Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. We're back with a bonus episode. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. Each week, we take you through a different country's national final and pick the song that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites. And at our live event, we crown the winner of the Second Cherry Song Contest. But that's all down the line because this is a bonus episode and this is an actual Eurovision podcast. We are going to take you through the songs of the first semi-final. We are. We we like these little bonus episodes because it kind of like whets our appetite for Eurovision. It's kind of right on our doorstep now. And we like to be moistened. (laughs) (laughs) We were very moist the other night when we were out. Yes, because it's Easter. Happy Easter, everybody. Easter. We made like Jesus and got hammered. <laughs> <laughs> so we're slightly hungover recording this on yeah. Easter Saturday uh, for your delectation on Easter Monday, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully that's when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but we were, we did have a, quite a nice surprise whilst out. Oh, Easter. we did, didn't we? Yes. Who did we bump into? Well, we bumped into a podcast listener called Ellis. Yes, hello Ellis. Hello, I'm assuming you're listening, I hope you are. Well, um, hopefully, you, you came and told us last night that you listened. <laughs> <laughs> we bumped into you in the pub and it was very, very lovely to see you. Thank you very much for coming over and see us. If you spot us in the wild, do pop over and say hello. I mean, depending on what we're doing at the time, but you know, we're normally amenable to a how'd you do. Yeah, I mean, Ellis, you came at the right time, mate, because um, later things were getting a bit debauched, so... We probably wouldn't have had the same reaction. The box makes it sound a little bit more... Oh, well, maybe, yeah. Like it, yeah. Well, you were snogging someone. Oh, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that debauched, but you know. But no, it's lovely to see you, and I um, really appreciate you coming over. That was so lovely, actually. Felt really good. Say hello. It was. It's very nice. It's always very nice to hear from you. Of course, you can email us and get in touch. We'll give you the details at the end of the podcast. Now, of course, when we last left you, we were crowning Spain's Rigoberta Bandini and Ay Mama as the second Cherry Song Contest winner. And at that time, we did know that Liverpool would be our 2023 host city. And since then, so much has happened. Uh, we've had our plans announced for Liverpool. All the events, all the things taking place, what's going to happen with the show. Even though we've got a stage, even we, 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 it's all here. It's all there. We've had all the information that we need. A whole national final season has t- taken place, and we'll be bringing you more on that, obviously, because that's what we do. But all after Eurovision, and uh, oh, including the national final that you went to, Monty. Oh yes, I went to Belgium. It's the only national final I went to this year, but it was very jolly indeed. I had a very lovely weekend in Brussels, and I, I very much enjoyed a Georgian entry in one of the nightclubs afterwards. I'm you... Not talking about the songs. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> so Monty was flying the flag um, in more ways than one. And uh, tickets have gone on sale. That's um, maybe skirt over that. It's been not the, not the, uh, the most streamlined process. <laughs> been a bit of a bun fight. But we are very pleased to say thank you to Orge UK. Yes. Because we have got tickets for all the live shows. We're going to be there. Going to be standing with my gummy knees for four hours but we'll manage it somehow we will we will and we also have our songs we have our songs for the year we do indeed and we're going to run through them for you in just a moment but you know just a little bit about all of the build-up i mean i know it's 25 years since the united kingdom hosted and i know that this year we're hosting um as a guest host on behalf of ukraine but i have to say the the build-up and the whole atmosphere and the excitement and the engagement with Eurovision this year is through the roof. I've never seen anything like this. Now, obviously, I don't live in a country that's hosted it in recent years with the contest being the modern contest that it is now. 
But I don't remember anything on this scale 25 years ago, you know, even though we were excited that it was coming to Birmingham. But wow, I mean, it's all over the news. I mean, the the BBC's podcast, this, that and the other. So many articles, um, some controversial, some, you know, just you know, whooping up the excitement. And it's lovely. And I, you know, thank you to everyone who's making all of this content, whether it's official for the uh, for the Eurovision.tv or whether it's for the BBC or whether it's through the fan content, it, it's helped keep us going through our off-season, which is the national final on-season. And uh, it's been lovely to engage in all of this fabulous excitement. There's so much. And it kind of proves that maybe Rachel Ashdown, whose job is at the BBC to kind of I suppose in the least technical way to rally the troops is kind of what her job is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To bring it all together and to bring different parts of the, the BBC together, which ordinarily wouldn't come together. Um, I don't know. Maybe it looks like she's doing a really good job of it. It seems to be working. They're certainly embracing hosting. Whether they're just trying to sort of squeeze as much content in diminished BBC budgets out of Eurovision as possible. But my God, they're certainly getting their money's worth. Well, I'm not complaining. But you know, everybody seems to be more or less very content with the approach that we've seen so far from the BBC. Um, And I think, you know, because it's honouring Ukraine, people are really on board with it. Um, But it's fantastic. Well played, everyone. Well played. So we've got a lot to get through in this and two more bonus episodes that will be coming out over the next couple of weeks. Today we're going to look at semi-final one in the next episode, semi-final two. And then in the third bonus episode, we'll be looking at the big five and last year's winner, Ukraine. So let's kick off in running order. First up, we've got Norway. It's Queen of Kings by Alessandra. Well, here we are. This is our Eurovision opener, and what a great opener, I have to say. Uh, I love the emphasis and the repetition in this song of she. So she, Queen of the Kings, broken a cage throughout the keys. She will be the warrior of the Northern Southern Scenes. I just think it's just, I don't know. I, I, when this first came out, I wrote it off as a bit old hat. We've seen it all before, very Nordic, blah, blah, blah. But it has grown on me massively it is so powerful and I just can't ignore it I think it's um it's jumped up my rankings and I think it's a great song I like how it's been emphasized as well I've seen in some of the um the graphics her name is she and uh, I mean the pronoun warriors are gonna have a fit with that aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> um it's a really big opener I mean I totally see why they've gone with this um it's it's this kind of blend of imagery of kind of Nordic folk, but also, you know, the wider sort of mythology theme. Um, very much, you know, female empowerment at the start of it. I'm not really sure what it's about. It's, you know, the lyrics are a little bit trite, but there's a lot of power there. If I'm honest, I think it's absolute rubbish in terms <laughs> of the song, but it's rubbish that I quite enjoy. I mean, it's nonsense. Um, but well, I don't know. So I think some of the lyrics are quite, you know, about a caged bird break. Um, yeah, clumsy in places maybe, but then we're used to that Eurovision because English speakers write in English against non-English speakers. I don't yeah. know. But I can forgive it yeah. because she's just a ball of energy. I mean, when she won the Norwegian MGP, I mean, she was so excitable and she was so happy and the joy was really infectious. I mean, you couldn't really, you know, deny her that joy and that win. But I don't know how this is going to do. I have a feeling this could be massive. And remember, it was a big viral hit on Spotify. But it also equally could be last. (laughs) Oh, no, I think this is top 10. Do you think? think? This is qualifying and it's top 10. I think it's going to be really good live. We'll see. It's a great opener, though. Put it that way. Song number two, then, is Malta with the band called The Busker. With dance, open brackets, our own party, close brackets. Hey, wait, what you say? Do you wanna dance? 
Monty, the busker. Yeah, I mean, I quite like this. There's that sense of social awkwardness about it and that sense of, you know, when you're at a social gathering or a party and you don't know anybody and you're, you know, you're not quite sure how to, you know, how to hold yourself or, you know, what to say and what to do. Um, and I, I quite I like that. I think it's a really interesting idea for a song. In the national final, they played it as three acts. Um, and it'd be interesting to see if they retain that staging idea for um, for Eurovision. But um, I, I quite like it. It's sort of taking you through the night at a party and, you know, you're, it, it's, you're becoming a little bit more confident as the night goes on. But also there's talk of all these things that make you feel a little bit more comfortable. You know, you're, you're, I feel better in my sweater, which is a great line. Um, and also that you know, thing about listening to familiar songs. Um, and actually, I know there's a little bit of neurodiversity um, in there, I think, about, you know, the things that if you are neurodiverse or autistic, you might, you know, it's the things that make you feel a little bit comfortable when you're in those social circumstances. I don't know if that is the interpretation of it, but that's something I, I get from it as well. I can't help thinking that they've been shafted, shoved on it in second place, though. I know second place isn't the, you know, it's not the, the terrible slot that it is in the final, People do qualify from second, but I think it just feels like a another hurdle that they have to overcome to get out of that cursed number two slot. Mm, yeah, I have to say it has been slightly wedged between two big numbers. If I suspect what I suspect from the song that's going to follow this, I do love, you're right, I love the song's contradiction. It's a song that makes you want to get up and dance, or at least me get up and dance, but it's about actually dancing out and away from the party to go home um, to have your own party. I think it's great. Uh, the boys are lovely. They seem, you know, the saxophone is adorable. I just want to give them a, a hug. And just Malta doing something a little bit different from what they've been doing recently. Kind of into it. it another one that's grown on me a lot. I really like this. Yeah, he's a snack, that saxophonist, isn't he? Well, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, he absolutely is. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Yeah, it's just they're lovely boys. It's just hard not to wish them well. Song three is uh, from Serbia and it's Luke Black with Sama Misa Spava. I just want to sleep. Hello? Sama Misa Spava. So this is lots of dark electronica and a lobster in all of the promo photos. Mm -hmm. um, it's quite a prop, a little bit Salvador Dali-esque. Um, there's a lot of gaming references in this. I'm not a gamer. You are, though, Matt. I mean, how does this speak to you? Yeah, because I think there's talking about Halo, which is a well-known gaming franchise. It just feels a little bit like connecting disconnecting and connecting and that sleep I think might refer to that maybe some dark undertones as to what sleep could mean in, in other interpretations but for me I think it's very much yeah about sort of disconnecting from the world that's on fire basically around you there is a bit of a um <laughs> I, I don't really know it does baffle me this song a little bit but but in like in a nice intriguing way because I don't know what we're going to get the national final performance leads me to believe that it is probably going to be a little bit mental, which I'm kind of really here for. Just very quickly, the you know the the national final performance was Luke. It opens up, he emerges from this flower cocoon. There's an unplugging of these Batman baddie dancers that he has around him. They sort of plug in and out. They've got things attached to them. Um, it's all under the watchful eye of this robot overlord thing on the backdrop it's so i don't know where the lobster comes in because there's this robot in in the performance are we are we going to get a lobster are we going to get a robot it's only a question that can be asked at eurovision <laughs> <laughs> i'm enjoying the creativity of it though mm. um it feels you know in a post-constructor serbian national final anything is possible and there was a lot of creativity on show this year i mean i still i'm so thrilled that constructor did so well in Eurovision last year and I would really like to see more songs taking a risk I'm not sure that this is as much of a risk and I wouldn't I worry it's quite early on 
it's a song I find difficult to get into, so I'm not sure quite how it's going to fare. Yeah, it has a distinct... This song has a distinct smell for me. For me, it stinks of poppers, because it's <laughs> it's like... I, I, I don't know, I like this... I, it's like you've just come out of a sex party. Not that I've been to many sex parties. I imagine like you've just come out of a sex party and you're not entirely fulfilled, but you're kind of absolutely spent. And after I've watched it, that's how I feel. <laughs> well, I think we need to move on to something a little gentler. So <laughs> let's move on to Latvia. It's Aya by Sudden Lights. This is like a lullaby. The title translates something like hushabye. And there's a sort of beguiling feel to the music. There's something which is drawing you in. I'm not sure if it's necessarily something I would call a lullaby, though, because it feels a little bit more, not discordant, because it's not the melody that's jarring. It's almost the rhythm. The time signature is, I think, 5-4, or it certainly feels as though it's like a slightly shifting time signature. It's not the standard 4-4 that we would tend to get in pop and through most Eurovision songs. So there's something which you're having to lend a little bit more attention to kind of keep up with what's going on and to try and pay attention. And also in the video, there's some jarring um, imagery where it's almost a little bit claustrophobic and there's lots of people swarming around, um, which again sort of belies that that lullaby theme and title to me. But I don't know, This is it's working its way into my brain. It, it, I kind of, is it a bit of a sleeper? And not necessarily in the soporific sense, because I don't think this is the kind of music you are going to listen to to try and fall asleep to. But is there something in the sleeper, like the quality of it, you know, it is getting in there. I don't know. If it is, it's taking its time. And if it's taking its time, that's not a luxury you always have on the Eurovision stage when you've got three minutes Mm. to grab the viewer's attention. What you said about a closer listener or, or, you know, you're you're really listen intently is because I don't think there's much there so you're seeking it out you're trying to find something uh, you know I'm getting 90s indies band I mean it's it's so 90s like some Jules Holland appearance but that's kind of it really that's the whole vibe it's a perfectly respectable song and the band are just doing their thing which I think is why it's got that it draws you in because they're just a band doing their own thing which I think is really important if a band's going to go to Eurovision it can't be too contrived because it just doesn't work so that it's got that going for it. It's going to be my semi-final one toilet break. I have to say, this the Latvian selection wasn't the best this year. I have to say, so winning Supernova means the song has its fans and it is competitive to a point. But will it get swallowed up by the whole of Eurovision? Is my worry. So song number five then, Mimicat for Portugal with the song I Coração. Monty, Portugal, always worth looking out for. What are your thoughts on... Mimicat. Oh, I'm sorry. I was taught if you don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. So <laughs> that's what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> A dramatic representation there. <laughs> no offence to Mimicat, who, you know, is getting to live her dream by going to Eurovision. But I hate this song with every cell of my being just does not work for me on any level. And every time I try to sit down and listen through it and give it a chance, I just can't. It's too 
deliberately cutesy and ditzy and theatrical and over the top and all of these qualities are qualities I'm sure many people will like clearly enough people in Portugal liked to vote to, to the winner but I can't bear it I will be doing a tag team with you to go to the toilet after you come back from Latvia. I'll be scarpering during this. Just no. Wow. Okay. I'm going to try and save it a little bit. I think it's where a burlesque cabaret meets traditional Fardu music. It's She's got bags of personality and has a very characteristic voice. But given how just fucking cool the Festival de Cancel is and what else was on offer I feel like it's a missed opportunity we'll get into that in the Portuguese episode but I do like the song I have a blind spot developing for Portuguese music any kind of Portuguese I think the language of Portugal I think is what it is you know we're off to Lisbon in a couple of weeks for my 40th and I'm going to drag you around every dirty little fardu bar that I can um, you know listen to tortured artists that's that's my vibe this isn't quite that, but if I was to take off my Fado fedora and put on my Eurovision bonnet, I can't see this translating to the bigger stage, uh, and I, I don't think it's going to qualify. Song number six is from Ireland. It's We Are One by Wild Youth. This is going to need some proper staging because it's a little bit middle of the road, is Ireland this year. Most years, I have to say. <laughs> Look, I really like the lead singer's vocal. It's got a slight raspiness in the higher register, which I think sits nicely in a song like this. It is upbeat, quite feel good. Um, but again, it's a borderline qualifier for me. And what is about to come after this is going to wipe away any memory of wild youth if truth be told um monty your thoughts well i think this is going to be quite a big moment in the arena it's that anthemic stadium rock sound and i think this is going to be really uplifting when we're there in the hall um but you're absolutely right how is this going to translate on tv and that is a bit of an unknown quantity. All we've seen is the performance from the national final. And then we've got the video. And the video is the medium by which the band are getting themselves known to a wider public who might be just interested to check out what the songs for this year's contest are. And they're going to see the video of them with these sequin bags over their heads. And... I mean, I, I think it's just a, a, an unforgivable creative choice because this is the opportunity to get to know who they are, to sell the song, and you can't see their faces. They're all good-looking lads. You can't see them. You can't see the expressions. There's no opportunity to build a relationship with them or you know to, to get to know their personalities in, in the three minutes at all. And the song is having to overwork because there's no contact there with the audience. And I just think, what an appalling choice. Whoever made that, I mean, it's just, oh, it's so bad. And it, it puts them at more of a disadvantage when they're going in, because it's not a song that you can necessarily connect with when you see that video. That's a point, that's a point well raised, actually, because we're the neighbouring country to Ireland, here in the UK, and I don't really know the band. I don't really know them. And I just realised, yeah, there's no... And, and bands, it's really important that you do that because you've got more people to kind of... I mean, OK, the lead singer's probably the most important, but you need to get to know them. Yeah. yeah. I know nothing about them. Everything points to the fact there's going to be a band set up on stage. I mean, if you've got a band there and you've got instrument players, what do you do with them other than put the drummer behind the drums, the keyboard player behind the keyboards, give the guitarist the guitars? Because otherwise it could be quite clumsy to give them a lot of choreography. But I think this needs more than a band setup. I'm not sure how they're going to enhance it. Um, 
But I think it needs more presentationally than just putting them behind their instruments. Whether that's in the colours, in the set, in the costumes, in how the camera interacts with them. There's things you could do here from a creative point of view that aren't just filming them as a band, even if on stage they are a band, if that makes sense. Mm. But given some of Ireland's choices at staging in recent years, I'm not 100% convinced that they're going to do anything other than plonk them on stage with their instruments and point a camera at them. Well, talking of props, costumes, colour and staging, Monty, what's the next song? It is Let Three for Croatia with Mama Sch. Mama Jubila Morona Mama Jubila Morona Mama Jubila Morona Okay, <laughs> where where do we start with this? Well, I would start with the fact that it on the surface. You could dismiss this as a joke entry. But when you strip a few layers back, you realise there's a little bit more going on. Um, I knew nothing about the band, but I'm reliably informed um, that, I mean, they are very well known in the region. And although they're coming on stage and it looks, you know, could be a little bit fascist because of the costumes they're wearing, the sort of the military gear and, you know, I mean, I, I know there's a bit of drag in there and there's a bit of kind of, you know, false moustache. So there's a bit of, there's clearly a bit of piss-taking going it, on It's well. subverting fascism. Absolutely. But it's definitely fascism that yeah. they're trying to There's, subvert. Yes, yeah. and when you don't know that, the, you're a little bit, oh, God, what's going on here? But actually, by the time they were doing the reprise and the Croatian final, and all those artists were singing along with them, you're like, okay, hang on, there's, there's something going on here. Um, apparently... Um, the right-wing Balkan Twitter were all up in arms when they were se- when they were selected, but half of queer Balkan Twitter has already been to see them in concert. <laughs> it was already told. So they, you know, they've got quite a following and quite that sort of you know uh, uh, left field following as well. There's it's an anti-war song and there's a bit of a nursery rhyme quality to some of the verses, and then this great kind of cacophonous chaos uh, that comes as well. I don't know, it's just, you know, there's the the tractor is a nod to the fact that uh, Lukashenko from Belarus apparently gifted one to um, Putin uh, from Russia, although Putin apparently paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's sending up, it's lampooning those, you know, leaders that have moved more towards dictators. But it's doing it just, just within the bounds of what's acceptable at Eurovision because it's not a political statement. It's kind of a social statement, really. And, of course, they're known for their provocative performances. There's, um, If you're brave enough, you can go online and you can see all manner of photos of them in, in performances, including one where they are, they're naked, um, save for some cage contraptions, which are holding in but not, but not obscuring their genitalia. <laughs> uh, so let's see what we get on stage with this. Even if you don't care much for the song, this is definitely one to watch. Oh, for sure. Like, I don't know if they're going to change the national final performance to what's on stage at Eurovision, but, um, you know, you've got drag queens dressed in weird boxer gym wear gear doing the dance. They lie on the floor one bit and do shapes. There's a guy that runs out with two little miss... Well, they're not little, they're massive missiles. Um, I think... Normally, you know me, I hate this sort of kind of shtick or shtick. Is, is, uh, I just like this. I really like the fact that I, I think I think the message behind it, or the 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 art, as it were, in in commas, behind it, is probably quite obvious. Not obvious, but I think people will get it. I think people will see what's behind it. I, I and I have no idea how this is going to do. It's definitely qualifying, a hundred percent in the year of the hundred percent televote in the semi-finals. Mm-hmm. This is um, yeah. I'm just going to sit back and just. Watch what happens on stage. And this is one of those songs that is a Saturday night song. 
this is the kind of song that needs to be seen by that wider TV audience. Moving on next is Switzerland, Watergun by Raymond Forer. I don't want to be a soldier, soldier. I don't want to have to play with real blood. We ain't playing now. Can't turn around. No Watergun's. No, no. I don't want to be a soldier, soldier. I don't want to have to play with real blood. Cause we ain't playing now. Can't turn So this is another anti-war song, back-to-back with Mamascha from Croatia, but it couldn't be much more different if they tried. This is a ballad, and I really like this, actually. Um, it's quite understated, but there's some lovely little piano flourishes in there. He's a young man, but he's got a great voice. It sounds mature beyond his years. Um, very similar to Greece when we get there as well. But, you know, there's, there's something very nice about this. I mean, it's going to have to stand out after Croatia, and it will in the contrast of styles. But I think it's quite interesting um, programming of what song follows the next, because thematically, there is a link. But stylistically, <laughs> it's chalk and cheese. The vocal is insane, Look, you know, for someone so young. He came from The Voice Switzerland, apparently. So you know he's got the chops. You don't get on those shows if you've got an average voice. But I think for the song, like like most contestants that come to Eurovision through The Voice, the song's a bit of a plodder. I don't think it's the, the, the greatest. For me, a bit of sad feelings thrown in, um, obviously. But it's, it's no Jean's tears, I have to say. It's not performance-wise. But also, I mean, you know, last year... Very understated performance by Marius Baer and that qualified. Yes, there were juries voting in the semi-finals last year. And I know we won't have that this year. But this, for me, this feels... And we yet to see what it's going to be like on stage. For me, this feels like it could be a more competent and polished performance overall than Marius Baer's was. Well, yeah, it's a qualifier for me just. There is a moment in the video where... I'm thinking it could translate well on stage with a pyro curtain. I think it's kind of just before the he finishes. It's kind of like the build up to the end. If there is a bit of a moment on stage there, then people will vote for it. So I think it, I think it's just qualifying. Next then, song number nine is Israel Noah Carell with Unicorn. It's gonna be phenomenal, 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 feminine, feminine, feminine. I'm gonna stand in like you. Big, big star coming from Israel. Thoughts? Yeah, she's a big name. It's not an artist I knew before Eurovision, but I have heard that she's, um, you know, quite a big star there. I mean, this is a banger. This is the kind of pop banger that I love at Eurovision. Um, So this is ticking all the boxes for me. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about... The unicorn is the the sort of the emblem of the song, uh, and also in the song, she's at one point uh, is the the front half of, or the top half of a centaur. I mean, how many mythical creatures is she trying to be in three minutes? It's, uh, um, but I mean, this is there's a it's gearing up as well towards the end where she's almost goading us. You know, do you want to see me dance? Do you want to see me dance? And you know that's going to be a show stopping dance break. In the vein of Chanel last year, and we see how that can elevate a performance. The momentum feels like it's building through this all the way for me. And if she pulls off something show-stopping at the end of it, then this could be a good result. Yeah, I think, you know, we have no idea how this is going to be staged. But you know how Israel, they have the money. (laughs) And Noah wouldn't be doing this unless, you know, it's to her liking. So, look, this is my kind of entry. I, you know, I love my girl banger with attitude and throw in that nice little hook, that feminine, feminine, feminine. 
Um, I just, oh, I love that stuff. You know, just have a little think about how you can play with this stuff and what sticks, you know, to a, to a voter's, you know, mind. Um, that's really clever. It is nothing new, though, I have to say. The sound is not um, the most contemporary song, although she is a very contemporary artist. The melody feels kind of known and familiar, but I, I do love some of the orchestration in the song. That's It's beautiful uh, in parts. I hope we do get that dance break. They are crazy if they don't have it. It's going to be, it's going to go off in the arena if they do. I'm intrigued. I'm looking for, forward to see this sort of unfold. So Israeli performances can go either way. I mean, I remember the power and the brilliance of Nadav Gredge with Golden Boy. I mean, that was a huge, huge impact on the stage. But then May Feingold, um, same heart. I thought that was a stomper of a performance and she didn't qualify. And then, you know, we had um, Marco Ben David last year, you know, a very big performance and didn't qualify. I mean, maybe a little too much performance in that, perhaps. So, yeah, let's see how it's going to be choreographed. Somebody's got their work cut out to translate this to the stage in just the right way. Next is Moldova, Suara Le Shiluna by our old friend Pasha Parfany. <laughs> Suare le sciluna, suare le sciluna, nozze ne culuna, nozze ne culuna, suare le suare le, suare le sciluna, nozze ne nozze ne, nozze ne culuna. Well, I've never seen sort of such disparity between the record and a live performance. So much so that when this comes on my playlist, I always need that five second moment to remember, oh, it's my Dover. <laughs> um, the problem with this is that the performance comes from a Moldovan TV studio and therefore a corresponding budget. <laughs> um, and there's greater opportunity on the Eurovision stage. So I find this hard to call. I don't really know how to feel about what I potentially might see on stage. There's lots of imagery to lean into. They've got like forest dweller characters, a lot of mythical, a lot of um, traditional story telling interwoven into this, almost high fantasy traditional themes. Another song that I think is going to depend on the staging. The staging is absolutely everything with this because there's a lot there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, I mean, it translates as the sun and the moon. And although, you know, those two bodies in the title are both astral, there's something very of the earth about this. Um, you know, with this sort of forest setting and all the kind of mythology. Um, you know, there's people with, like, headdresses with antlers on. I mean, it, there's a bit in there that, you know, reminds me of a particularly disturbing recurrent dream I used to get when I was a kid, whenever I was unwell. Um but I quite like the imagery of it. There's the, the it's talking of a wedding as well. So it almost feels like this kind of like pagan celebration of, you know, of life and fertility and everything. Um there's a lot that reminds me of France's entry last year, Foulen. And I think this has the um there's the risk that this could be similarly chaotic on stage. But I think if they get the performance and just rein it in a little bit and tighten it up with all of the extra effects and impacts that you're going to get through the Eurovision budget performance rather than the Moldovan TV budget performance. Um, I think that they could do something quite impressive with this. It's the only real ethno-banger that we've got this year. doesn't feel as though there's anything else in that genre. So if you like this, this is the thing that you're, you're going to go for. And I, I do quite like it, actually. Song 11 is from Sweden. It's the return of Lorraine and Tattoo.
Matt, are you looking forward to a nice cheese toasty from the Reigns <laughs> toasted sandwich maker on stage? Or very well pressed trousers, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is my favourite of the year. Tattoo is my favourite and is the favourite in terms of the bookies. I just want to address the pushback on Louine because I think it, let's just address that straight up because she's returned everyone loves her but then there's a lot of people sort of shouting about how it's overrated and I think it's just quite revealing I think we should just kind of think pick unpick that a minute so we as a fandom have always had a bit of Lorene fatigue let's be honest you know we've heard euphoria more times than we've had trips to Ikea and every year there's a somewhat anticlimactic result to the ESC 250 you know the best song Eurovision song ever poll Granted, she didn't win it last year, but she's always there. And I think it's having an effect on people. But to those people, I sort of say, imagine this is the first time that you're meeting Noreen and learning how she interprets her songs in her own way, the way that she does. You know, we would be losing our minds like it was the first time, you know, like we did with Euphoria, which, by the way, was not super cutting edge new music at the time either. I don't think it's her past that is catapulting her forward, I think it's actually the reason why people aren't going to vote for her. It's holding her back. If it's not for you, it's not for you. You know, I totally get that. But I do think it's a winner for me. Clear, clear winner. And I just can't see anything else beating it. I'm possibly in this slightly overrated category. Um, Only slightly. Um, My fatigue is not with Lorraine. I think as an artist, she's really interesting and I, I, I want to hear more by her. Um, my fatigue is definitely with Euphoria and only because of the reasons that it's been such a huge Eurovision here. We've heard it so many times and I'm kind of like, get it's a little bit trite almost kind of like, you know, and now you get national final performances with guests coming back and every bugger <laughs> has a crack at Euphoria. And so I've just heard it too many times. But I was really interested to see this coming back. You know, the her two national final performances that haven't got to Eurovision, I think are her two best songs. My Heart Is Refusing Me and Then Statements in that order um, are for me the best of her four uh, Melody Festival and entries. When I watched this, I could see immediately how impressive it was. But at the same time, it left me wanting something. There's that not manufactured because I think she's a more authentic artist than that but it's a very polished performance you know it's everything's thought through about it and obviously with you know the the, the staging that they had in Melfest um, it was hugely impressive on every objective assessment I can absolutely see why this is the favorite but at the same time I don't think it's going to win is that because you think just it's not going to translate or no, people th- will like it? They just won't always vote it high up? On oh, them. no, I think it's going to be up there. That's absolutely going to challenge. If, if it's, I mean, it may well be. Um, it, it's certainly going to challenge. I just think it's it's there's something not quite there. It's not quite a dance banger. Um, the tempo is not such that you know you you just want to get out it's not as instant as euphoria for me um it's definitely s- s- subpar from euphoria's level for me euphoria was one of the clearest winners i think we've ever seen going into any contest um and whilst this is clearly up in the top uh, end of the scoreboard it just falls a little bit short for me and i don't think she's going to do it Okay, well, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, it's good we to have a back. We shall indeed. Song number 12 then is Tural Turan X by Azerbaijan. And the song is Tell Me More. Tell me more about me. So from Loreen to Azerbaijan, which is where Loreen won. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice little uh, bit of sequencing there. Um, you know, when I first saw these two twin boys, well, two twin men, really young young men, I thought, oh, my God, they look a bit earnest. I thought, this, we're not going to get a big 
Cleopatra star banger from this, are we? But then when I saw the video, there's a little bit more nuance to it. Um, it's got that kind of guitar-driven sort of indie pop sound, but it's it's got influences from the 60s right up to, you know, the 90s and the 2000s in this. There's, there's a definite whiff of the Beatles in the music and also in what they're wearing at part of the time in the, in the video so you know I wonder whether that's a deliberate choice because of where the contest is going to be held this year but you know what I mean this is not it's not going to be the top end of the scoreboard but Eurovision's a broad church and you know what there's room for a couple of nerdy lads with guitars in Eurovision and you know good on them yeah I don't know what I was expecting from Azerbaijan this year but it was not this I think it's a bold move on their part by, ironically, not sending something bold, right? Not sending something Swedish. They've tended to have so many Swedish songwriters that they've roped in to do the song for them. And this is different. I mean, you know, the the twins are co-composers on this. Mm. I think you mentioned the Beatles and some of the, the references to this. To me, the moment it starts, I knew what this song was immediately. It's 1997 again you know that pop era and kiss me by sixpence down the richer it is practically the same song uh not in the plagiarism thing i'm not i'm just but honestly you can sing so kiss me dun, 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 dun. it just fits perfectly the song and it's got that same energy that sort of walking down the road in the sunlight on your face and you're just soaking up the song that that's what this is to me i don't think it's going to do very well at eurovision but i do think it is a gorgeous little ditty. Song 13 is from the Czech Republic, or Czechia, if you will. I prefer not to. It's by Vesna, and it's called My Sister's Crown. Czechia, don't even know her. <laughs> Monty, what are your thoughts on My Sister's Ground? Oh, I just love this. There's not a thing about it I don't like. Um, it's playful in the video. Um, it's got such a great message of solidarity um, and sisterhood. And I like that it's, you know, cross-cultural. You know, the band is made up of international members. There's lots of different international languages and the lyrics. Uh, And it's a real shout out of solidarity, particularly to women from Ukraine who were either displaced or otherwise affected by war. But it's got a kind of sisterhood way beyond that. I think the use of language is interesting. Obviously, you know, some Ukrainian in there... um, and there's a suggestion by some people that it's being used to sort of curry favour. I, I don't, I'm not as cynical as that. I, I kind of see it as, you know, as a genuine sort of sisterhood and um, and solidarity. Um, but all of those Slavic languages, the bits that are in those different Slavic languages are words and sounds which are very, very familiar to anybody who knows any Slavic language, even to just a, a small degree there's going to be a familiarity to these sounds and I think people are going to be able to to tune into them. I'm a little worried about what it's going to look like on stage. I would love to see some of the themes and the imagery that's there in the video coming through, but I don't know. It's the potential to be a bit of a hot mess on stage, but it's also got the potential to have a huge impact, I think. I agree. Uh, I have a big question mark over the connection and stage presence with the girls, but this is pushing my personal top 10, 100%. Never read the comment section on the YouTube videos. However, I did see this comment under this song, and it made me laugh. This song makes me feel like an empowered Slavic woman, and I'm a Spanish boy. (laughs) I thought, yeah, do you know what? I'm I'm with you, mate. Uh, I, I get it. I think that the national final didn't do this song or any other song any favours, to be honest with you. I've got a lot to say about the national final, and I don't... Let's not prejudge, but I don't think we're going to get an episode to 
get all of that off our chests. But yeah, I, I, we 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 know people involved in that national final, so we're probably just going to be quiet on that one for the time being. Um, but look, it's got bucket loads of potential. This song really has. I'm excited to see how it all how it all lands. I want a good check result at Eurovision because you know we can try and make Eurovision popular in a country that is notably a bit indifferent to the contest. So, fingers crossed. Song 14 is from the Netherlands. It's by Mia Nikolai and Dion Cooper, and it's called Burning Daylight. I'm sorry, I'm just human, I'm losing myself, I'm chasing eyes. I'm burning daylight, I'm scared that I'm falling behind, I'm losing myself, I'm chasing eyes. Our Duncan Lawrence, winner of Eurovision in 2019, co-wrote this, um, which makes perfect sense when you hear it. It is jam-packed with raw emotion and nuance, and I spoke about this on the ESC Insight podcast, which we both of us were on the Jukebox Jury in different episodes. Yes, go um, check it out. Our yes. lovely friends at ESC Insight, their annual Jukebox Jury uh, episodes. Oh god, yeah, like their previews are better than this, so make sure you check that out. <laughs> it's really good. Um, oh, well, I would say that because we're on it. Uh, but look, um, I'll, re- I'll repeat what I said there, here. Anyone that's gone through a breakup um, knows that it's not black and white. You know, it is always nuanced. And I take this song about moving on, accepting the baggage that comes with tricky ending of relationships. And yeah, it just kind of just seems to be this expression of what that feels like I still know live performance well we have a couple of things in pre-shows and stuff but still no live performance proper or what we know what we're going to get on stage at Eurovision so we don't really know but we do know in some of this in the sense that the Netherlands generally lately have been getting it bang on when it comes to staging so that's going to play out quite well hopefully and I think it's a songwriter's song, which it's when you listen to it you're in safe hands good composition solid well produced and it's borderline qualifier for me, depending on how the staging is, but I, I'm just tipping tipping it. If it's a songwriter's song, is it a song listener's song? I'm not sure. I I haven't really engaged with this song very much yet. I mean, I've heard it, and when I hear it playing, I'm like, oh, yes, this is it. But I can't really remember it in if I'm asked to recall it without it playing. Uh, and that that's a concern for me. I mean, you're absolutely right about how the Netherlands has really hit the nail on the head. I mean, even last year with the Deep a song in Dutch, not a sort of fun, up-tempo party song, but my God, they did such a good performance of it. You know, and if, if you... If you can take a song like The Common Linux, which I thought was a right old dirge, to second place, then... You know, you you can do something with this, but it's just not really doing anything for me. Mm. And at the minute, unless they do do something spectacular with the performance, I don't have this as a qualifier. Well, last song that we're going to listen to is song 15, Finland, and it's Cha 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 by Karia. <laughs> Monty, there's only one song that I think can come close to Lorraine this year, and it's Cha Cha Cha. Thoughts? Stop the clock, Annika. We have a winner. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's my winner, at least. Oh my God, this is all kinds of fabulous. There's not a thing I don't like about this. I absolutely love it. Maybe it's the company that we keep, but it does feel to me sometimes that drinking is almost the Finnish national sport. (laughs) And there's... This song is kind of really about the role of alcohol as a social lubricant on the night out. So Caddy has, he, he wants to embrace the weekend. It's Friday night, he needs to cut loose. 
But there's still this kind of underlying anxiety that he needs to shift. So he dives into the cocktail list, knocks back a few pina coladas, and each one loosens him up. He's just feeling free enough to get on the dance floor. Although by the time he does, he's kind of tipped the balance a little bit. And, you know, he's a bit a bit slurry, a little bit squint-eyed. He's maybe had too much. He's picked up a nice bottle of champagne and he's pouring it all over himself. And, oh, I think he's going to regret that in the morning at Nordic prices. But there's just something wonderful about this. And there's a really nice musical um, technique here that shifts from... Um, sort of more angry sounding and more jarring rhythm and vocal technique at the start of the song which is depicting his like underlying anxiety and as it moves further through the song it becomes much looser much more melodic much more harmonious and it kind of indicates the point at which you know he's being able to relax and just throw himself at the dance floor I absolutely want them to do the performance that was in the Finnish national final where these ballroom dancers came on throwing all manner of shapes and I mean it was like watching come dancing on ketamine (laughs) it's just absolutely crazy oh my god I love it absolutely love it this is the one for me Okay. I mean, I like it. I don't love it, but I, I do like it. I think where I feel like it will just fall behind the pack. I mean, this is this will be this will break from the pack. It will push Lamine, and I think it's going to come second. That's what I think is going to happen. I think its downfall is it's a little bit confusing at the start. So a lot of people make up their mind about it early on, which is a shame. But we know people do that, and it does get better and better, and. Where it might save itself is when there's a section that will be shown in the recap for the, for the voting. That will probably be the most tuneful part. It's a bit, a bit more sing-songy and I like that's a really good part of the song. They absolutely have to have that in the recap for people voting rather than the abrasive start. Look, he's a cheeky little scamp. He's pure filth. That's us <laughs> be honest. Uh, but I love that. He's got bags of character. But he does seem like a good lad. Mischievous, but a good lad. And I, I think he's going to give us some moments in Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly is. Do you know, I don't think that the slightly jarring start matters so much because I think it's it's not where you start, it's where you finish. And this builds, and when it does go into that part in the middle and you've got the dancers and they're doing this sort of like human centipede thing, that's the moment. That's the moment where you go, yeah, and with it, and this is the song. And actually, I remember before I used to listen to all of the songs at Eurovision before the night and go back to, you know, the 80s when you, literally I just saw the songs on the night. Sometimes I'd love a song that by the time it finished, I'm like, oh my God, that's the winner. And then when it came on at the reprise, I'd be like, well, I don't remember this start bit at all. You remember the end. You remember how it finishes and how it makes you feel there. And I, I think that this has enough to take you along that journey then you know that more jarring bit at the beginning I don't think that really counts or really matters at the end mm, well we shall see when it comes to that well there we are then there's our songs 15 songs in semi-final one that's the lot it seems strange just to be losing five actually you know to go through all of those songs and only five are not going to make it it's is it one? Of, is it the shortest semi-final we've ever had? One of certainly. Yeah. You know, we often. I mean, we've lost. You know, ten or more songs before. I think it's the strongest semi-final. I think, and for that, I think even though we are losing five songs, a decent song is going to go. Yeah, I think more of the contenders are in this one. I think, although there's there's a couple of big hitters in the next one, which we're <laughs> we're going to find out about next week. So thank you for listening to our bonus episode. Uh, We're going to be back next week to uh, run down semi two for you. We would love to hear from you. Um, You can get in touch on Twitter at Second Cherry, on Instagram at Second underscore Cherry, and on Facebook at Second Cherry Podcast. You can also email us on... Hello. At secondcherry.vision. That is... Hello. At secondcherry.vision. Hello. Through the magic of podcasting, we're going to be recording those next two episodes after this one. So if you do get in touch, we've already recorded the episode by then anyway. So we'll have to read your letter out when we come back for our Liverpool episodes. But do get in touch anyway. We still love to hear from you. No, do. And Ellis, if you are listening to this, to prove that you listen to it, no, I'm really <laughs> no, do drop us a line. It'd be great to hear what you think of uh, your thoughts on the songs. We'll be back next week. Semi-final two. See you later. Bye. Bye.